Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, here we are. Welcome, Max. Up today, we have Max Brown with us. Max was born and raised in Washington State. You've attended uh, Skyline High School. Uh, in high school, uh, this is crazy, you completed 73.5% of your passes <laughs> for 12,951 yards. I had to check this twice. And 146 <laughs> touchdowns. Um, you were the winner of the 2013 Hall Trophy in the U.S. US Army All-American Bowl. Um, correct. You, uh, yep. oh, yeah. from there you went to USC, you, uh, you selected USC over Oklahoma, Washington, and Alabama. Um, Kyle, who works for me is from Alabama and is probably going to cry when he hears that. Um, <laughs> you attended USC for football and for school. Uh, you transferred out to the university of Pittsburgh, which is, is near us. Uh, currently, uh, you're a radio talk show host. For, uh, on Sirius XM, Pac-12 today and Pac-12 this morning on Sirius Channel 373. Uh, also, yep. you're, you're a fill-in co-host for Mad Dog Sports Radio. I love Mad Dog. Uh, Mad Dog <laughs> used to be on Mike and the Mad Dog in New York City here on oh, Channel yeah. 82. You are the voice of USC Football Radio on KABC 790. And you also worked for a while at Vanner Media. Uh, uh, for Team Gary V, and I love Gary V, so that's a whole other thing that we have in common. So welcome, Max. Oh, yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I uh, haven't heard those high school stats in a minute, so uh, it was a good, uh, good little reminder. Once upon a time, those were uh, state records, but they only lasted for like two seasons until some guy beat me out, or Brett Rippon. So he's, uh, he's wearing an NFL jersey. I forget who he's with right now, but uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Awesome, though. I appreciate it. So can we can we go backwards to, to – um right before high school and high school time and just kind of tell me how, how it was growing up and, and your experiences. Yeah. I'm the youngest of four boys. Uh, grew up in a town called Sammamish, Washington. It, uh, sounds a little bit more random than it actually is. It's just a suburb east of, uh, of Seattle, about 20 minutes. Uh, love going up there. I went to a really, uh, a great public high school that was uh, great at sports and we had a big time football program when I was there. Uh, my high school basically from like 2007 to basically when I uh, graduated 2012, uh, we were nationally rated top 10 nationally team, uh, uh, public high school too, which usually a lot of those schools are private. And we had a lot of success, a lot of D1 guys, and I had a lot of success as a result. We won a few state titles, but uh, yeah, from an early age, uh, I was a basketball, football, baseball guy and going into high school, basketball and football were kind of neck and neck. And then football take, took the reins and uh, it really was a, uh, a great childhood. I was very fortunate and, and very blessed, but uh, also 
put the work in necessary to have success. And uh, as a result, it kind of gave me an opportunity at SC. So, so that young, when did you realize or when did your family realize that you were um, above and beyond uh, as far as sports, like just better than everybody else? Yeah, it's kind of crazy saying this, but pretty young. I mean, even like, I mean, third or fourth grade, I remember always kind of playing up in basketball, playing up in baseball. And then on football, I remember basically, like I said, from fourth to about eighth grade, seventh grade, my football team was really the only team that ever threw the football. Uh, I've always, I've never played any other position but quarterback, uh, which I kind of wish that wasn't the case. Kind of wish I played a little defense or something like that. But uh, from early age, it was kind of, hey, we're running spread no huddle at a young age. And uh, it was kind of like, hey, this is something different. And then it really started to get serious. And once again, it's crazy even saying this now, but it really started to get serious in like seventh grade because you could kind of foresee, like I said, I went to a public school, so you could kind of foresee, hey, the grade above me didn't have a quarterback. The grade two above, uh, the grades, uh, two grades above me didn't have a quarterback. Uh, and so I could kind of say, hey, sophomore year of high school, it'd probably be my opportunity. I remember I, that's when I really started training and taking things seriously. And uh, like I said, football was a big deal in my town for even being kind of a, a random town in Washington. And uh, things things got serious in probably seventh grade and uh, really picked up uh, from then on out. When, when did the college teams start uh, taking a look at you? Or when did you know that they were taking a look at you? Yeah, it was kind of funny. I actually got my first offer before I even got uh, my first letter or my first conversation with the coach. Uh, it, it happened really fast. I got my first offer right after my freshman year of high school uh, oh. in a uh, seven-on-seven in a seven-on-seven tournament that summer, going into my sophomore year. And uh, like I said, I was uh, I was fortunate. I was replacing uh, the guy before me at my high school was also a five-star quarterback. Uh, he was a big time player in the in the state as well. He went ended up going to BYU. His name name's Jake Heaps. Uh, he was the top quarterback recruit in the 2009 class. I say that because uh, when he left, it was kind of the news throughout the state was, hey, who's going to replace Jake Heaps? And uh, so everyone was had a, had an eye on kind of my high school program. And so going to these seven on seven camps, I kind of uh, there was pressure. Don't get me wrong, but uh, that was also beneficial because there was some eyes on me and I performed well and. Uh, yeah, the University of Washington offered me at their own seven on seven camp right after my freshman year, which uh, was crazy. It was a total shock and uh, was kind of a sign that, hey, things are really picking up. And uh, I had the trajectory to to potentially potentially do something uh, pretty cool. You just actually answered one of my other questions, but you can kind of expand on it. Um, the pressure you're you're in high school. I mean, I know that's pressure in itself. Just, uh, you know, you're growing up as a as a man, young man. Now you're good at football, looking towards college. Was there a lot of pressure to keep performing on the high school team? And, and in the same regard, did, did, did your teammates in high school um, support you? Or were there some that supported you and some that were sort of jealous of you? Yeah, no, I think uh, to answer your first question, there definitely was pressure. Um, but I think in some regard, I never knew life without it. Um, I Like from the very first time I picked up a football, like even at – recess in like first grade I mean even third grade like I was always the quarterback I was always the guy that had to perform even in basketball it was hey I had to go score the rock so it was never uh and not saying that in like a cocky way or anything but I just never knew world without that and so I, I really embraced it and I think uh that pressure came, uh, kept me sharp and I think it also was really exciting I, I loved being in that scenario I felt like I was a guy that was wired in a way uh to have success to really take that on it wasn't something that uh, was extremely daunting or something. It was something that I 
uh, I really tried to kind of embody and, and take on. And I was thankful because the pressure meant that there was expectations and that you were supposed to do something good and that people kind of saw something in you. And so I always kind of looked at it in that lens. And then your point about the friends and whatnot, uh, I have been very fortunate. I have, uh, to this day, uh, some of the best friends. Uh, I'm still super close with uh, nearly like a dozen of my high school buddies, all of which uh, it's coming from that uh, high school football system. We all had a lot of success and that bond kind of, even I I just turned 25, that it still uh, holds true today. And uh, it's my third public school reference, but I think that's what's special about a lot of those guys I played with, I grew up with since I was in first grade. And always tried to kind of pride myself on when I, hey, when I was getting all the accolades and kind of was on the top of the world uh, to still kind of be true to myself and be a good dude. And even when it wasn't football, just go out and hang with the guys and be one of the guys. Uh, I always made sure to kind of make a point of that and not get cocky and let ego get in the way. And I think uh, as we'll get into my story, when things didn't necessarily go my way, I was very thankful that was the case because with my best friends, it never really was about football. Sure, that was an exciting part and a lot of them played a a part of my journey, but uh, at the end of the day, we were just best buds. Awesome. That's good. Um, usually sometimes mm-hmm. in there you have, you know, there's always haters. Uh, I get crazy comments online, and um, it's tough sometimes, but that, that's great that you had that support. Yeah, and I think a lot of times guys kind of bring that upon themselves a little bit. I know, uh, like like I said, when they get the the national attention, they start strutting a little bit and getting the ego. And then as a result, there's some pushback from kids in their hometown and whatnot. And I don't know why I was wired this way, but I always was kind of wired in a way that, hey, I didn't want to buy into that because I just kind of had the perspective to say, hey, if things don't go my way, these are the guys that, I mean, like just just trying to keep good graces with everyone. That's kind of my been my mindset throughout all aspects of life and, and holds true today for sure. Can we talk about, so you've turned down some good schools, or not turned down, you, you, you chose USC. Um, uh, you didn't go to the other schools that I mentioned. How was that decision? Was that, was that a family decision, or was that you just sat down and this was, this was Max's decision? Yeah, my parents, uh, almost to a fault, kind of really uh, stepped back and said, hey, this is your decision. And uh, I think they did a great job, but it was almost to the point where, like, uh, I remember sitting in meetings and like my dad would just literally kind of sit back to, to to make the point that, hey, this is my decision. It wasn't my dad's decision. It wasn't my mom's decision or anything like that. Uh, and yeah, I had like I referenced before, I'm the youngest of four boys. All three of my older brothers went away to college. And so growing up, I just always had the mindset, which is different from a lot of people, is college is the time where you go away. You, you, you don't uh, stay close to home. And I know that's kind of odd, but that's always just kind of how I was wired. And so when the recruiting process started, um, it, I really was willing to go wherever, and hence those schools you listed out earlier. My final kind of final four was Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, and Washington, so kind of all over the map. Uh, but yeah, it was an exciting recruiting process. I remember I got to the point where once I really started getting all the offers uh, I wanted, uh, I, I got to the point where I, I was fortunate. I, I had had every offer I wanted. It was kind of, hey, where do you want to go? And I knew at that point I wanted to play at a big time school, and uh, and uh, that's kind of why it ended up being really it was Alabama, Oklahoma, and USC at the time, all three big time programs. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, just I was a West Coast kid, grew up watching the Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart era, and uh, SC felt like the perfect uh, perfect fit. So um, my son just went through the same kind of experience, but with baseball. So I know going to college in itself is is it's a hard transition. Uh, now you're playing big time football. 
how was it for you when that 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 first um, training camp really when you're going in and getting ready for school and football? Yeah, I think for me, uh, and I don't mean to kind of one up your question, but the the transition to college was quite quite easy for me. Nice. I, I kind of was wired in a way where it was uh, I was an independent kid growing up, so when I went to school, it wasn't necessarily I wasn't homesick or anything like that. Or and I had a brother in the area, but I was I was ready to roll. I was excited. I uh, kind of did the childhood experience when I got out there. I, I was ready to roll. I think. A lot of the workouts and whatnot that some guys have trouble adjusting to in the school, uh, school adjustments, a big one for guys. That wasn't really the case for me. I, w- I was blessed to go to a high school that was both academically inclined and athletically inclined. So that adjustment wasn't uh, crazy, crazy hard. I think the biggest adjustment was the reality is I, I didn't play very well that first spring. And uh, that, that, that jump from high school to college, I wasn't necessarily a guy that did that just in stride. Uh, I definitely had my growing pains. And so I think uh, the football side, ironically, was probably the hardest part to adjust to just on the field. Everything outside of that was uh, was was honestly easier, which I know probably differs from uh, from some guys making that transition. Did you have any um, did you have any misconceptions about um, college football in that first initial here I am? This is my first time here. (laughs) Uh, only thing I would say I probably, uh, didn't gauge correctly was just like, I just referenced kind of that transition. I envisioned myself being a guy that would make that transition very easily. Uh, hence just, uh, kind of, I was the number one quarterback in the country. Like, Hey, I'm, I got every, uh, the, the buzz. I got kind of my head on straight. I got, uh, the work ethic and whatnot. I thought just, Hey, I would keep working and the, the transition would be seamless. And that just didn't necessarily happen. And I think, uh, that first year, on the field in 2013 was tough as a result. Um, but uh, that's not the same. I mean, all the guys or most guys go through growing pains. And so at the time I was just like, Hey, that's, this is just kind of the hand I was dealt. But uh, looking back, that definitely was, was tough and something that I thought was going to be a lot easier. Was it something you took on to yourself? You just owned it or did you have a lot of support going through? Cause that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really was tough. Uh, and yeah, I did own it. Um, it wasn't necessarily uh, something that I was kind of uh, I know for me, looking back, I wasn't really like calling my parents and letting them know every single nuance, because at the time when you're living it, I didn't want my parents to like worry or anything. And like I referenced, I just thought that, hey, like I registered that year. I thought, hey, this was just that's why you registered. It's kind of to get through those growing pains across all sports. That's kind of why registering exists. And at the time I was like, yeah, this is. This is why this this is in place, and in large part, that's kind of what it was. Is hey, my redshirt year was a lot of, a lot of just kind of going through growing pains, but uh, I really kind of took on it internally, and then uh, basic, and then eventually, like a year later, uh, when I really wasn't where I wanted to be on the field, I ended up seeing like a sports psych and whatnot, just to kind of have someone else to talk to, and I don't want to make this sound more. Uh, like daunting than it than it was it was just kind of like hey i wasn't really playing the way i wanted to and wanted like you said kind of a third party to talk to to kind of uh uh i don't know unload my thoughts on and that was definitely helpful and allowed me to start playing uh, some good football nice so my son had the same kind of similar experience he was good at baseball he's probably one of the best players uh definitely on his team but as he went to college and now you're you're looking around you and there's 20, I don't know how many people are on a team now, 25, 26 people. There's 25 other people just as good as you are. Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was a tough one. And he didn't play, you know, his first year uh, much, uh, even when he thought he should get an opportunity. 
Um, yeah. you, you know, you just got to stick it out and go from there. And I'm sure it's not just you and him. There's there's a million uh, young kids out there who go through the same thing. Were you oh, yeah. were you promised things coming out of high school when you were going through the recruiting process that just never happened in college as football? Um, yeah, not really. Uh, I mean, I, I was given the, the company line of, uh, we promise you a, an opportunity to compete. to go out there and, and, and try to make something. But in terms of being promised a starting role or promised anything like that, uh, nothing like that. I, right before I committed to SC, I asked for the jersey number four, and Lane Kiffin agreed to that, and he uh, he held true to that one. But uh, outside of that, nothing nothing major. No, and you've had a couple coaching changes in that in that process as well. Uh, I mean, is that that has to affect yep. that has to affect you in some way, uh, especially being the quarterback? Yeah, or a quarterback. Yeah, I uh, was talking about that last night uh, with uh, Bruce Feldman, actually. He's a popular college football writer. And uh, I had five head coaches in college, which, uh, sure, it didn't help me. Uh, but I also think I, I need I need to be uh, transparent. I don't think it was as big of a deal as a lot of people make it out to be, if I'm being honest. I think people hear five head coaches, and it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? But there comes a point where you really just kind of get used to it. After, after really head coach three, once you get to head coach three – Three, four, or five—you just kind of get used to the fact that hey, you're going to have a new new offense and a new head coach, and so many of these guys, especially in football, I can't really speak to other sports, but football, so many of these guys are wired in the same way. Their meetings are the same. Uh, the way they talk is the same. It's the little nuances that make their programs different. But uh, sure, it didn't help me. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't a factor. Sure, it was. It was definitely a factor. But was it uh, absolutely groundbreaking, end all, be all? I I I, I don't buy into that, to be honest. Nice. Um, so if you could take us through your the years at, at USC before you ultimately decided to, to transfer out to University of Pittsburgh, um, just let me know what's going on. Let everybody know what's going on in your head at that time. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so I graduated high school early and in, in, uh, I graduated high school in December of 2012 and then enrolled at SC uh, January 13. So I missed uh, I, I missed out on the, the, the back end of my senior year. But the reason I wanted to do that was at the time, uh, for your listeners, remember like Matt Barkley, he had just graduated and I, I came in with the mindset that I was going to replace him. And it was me battling with two other guys that were two grades above me. And uh, I fully intended to go in there and, and uh, win the job as a true freshman like Matt Barkley did and kind of play three years and right off into the sunset and get an NFL opportunity. And that didn't necessarily happen. I uh, battled that spring and then lost the job in fall camp. Uh, and so I was actually the third string, that true freshman year, like I, I referenced, that was 2013. Then uh, Lane Kiffin gets fired. Uh, Coach O, the ever so popular Coach O, came in for a few weeks. Uh, he was my head coach for a little bit. He did not get retained. Then it was uh, they hired uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian from Washington, which going into the 2014 season, that was a great sign for me. He was actually the first coach to offer me, the, hence, your, hence the, our conversation about 15 minutes ago, the uh, a few years back, he was the first guy to offer me at Washington. So that 2014, having a new coach, I was given an opportunity to compete again, and it was between me and Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler's the uh, third-string quarterback for the, the Patriots right now, and uh, we battled it out in the spring. I lost the job again to him then. He was the returning guy. He was a good quarterback, obviously, playing the NFL, and so I was the backup there. And uh, once again, uh, the following year in 2015, my redshirt sophomore year, uh, and then 
Sark was let, uh, let go because uh, of the off the field issues that 2015 season. So 2016, I'm going into my redshirt senior or redshirt junior year, uh, and uh, waited my turn. Waited three years, which uh, was tough. I was a high recruit, so the idea of sitting on the bench is uh, wasn't necessarily the easiest thing, and is really not the easiest thing now. We always hear about the transfer portal and all that, but uh, felt was confident in my abilities, given a chance to compete again. This time I was competing against uh, a guy by the name of Sam Darnold, who, uh, if your listeners are uh, f- football fans, obviously uh, he's, he's a popular name right now. Great dude, one of my buddies today. But we battled it out all through spring. Uh, all the while in 2016, I could have transferred at any point, uh, but then uh, battled out in the fall. And actually, I won the job. I beat him out in uh, the fall of 2016, was voted captain, and then... Uh, yeah, started three games, went one and two, lost to two top ten ranked teams in Alabama and Stanford. And at that point, when, you, when you're playing at SC and you start one and two, uh, people start finger pointing and calling names. And uh, I was kind of the guy that, that, to, to, to put to the bench. And uh, obviously they put in Sam. His story is, uh, is well documented. But, uh, yeah, then I, I, I knew right when I was benched that it was my time to leave. It was pretty, uh, pretty clear cut. Everyone kind of knew it in the building. And uh, – ended up transferring to Pitt that, uh, that December. How did you make that choice to go to Pitt? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, kind of funny. Like, I mean, like I said, when I was benched, I mean, this was a long time coming. I was there for almost four calendar years. So the second that I was benched, I knew, uh, it was time to go. And I remember sitting on like a, a Sunday in October and brought it, got out a, a big whiteboard. And really I researched every division one school in the country. And from my Google research, I kind of could uh, tried to piece together which schools would want a quarterback or could need a quarterback just on the surface. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of every, every program. And uh, I kind of got a list of 12 to 15 schools. And uh, I did at the time, it wasn't the transfer por- portal, but the process was still the same. And I went to my compliance office and got my uh, permission to contact other schools. And it was really weird. Like I would go to practice at SC get out of practice and then talk to head coaches at other programs kind of thing, prepping for the following year. Uh, but yeah, I, I talked to a few schools at that point. I wanted to see who came to me that fall uh, just cause I, that was a data point, right? If they're coming to me, that means they're interested. And uh, Pitt was one of the schools. There's a few other schools out there and I made the decision in December and I made that decision quickly, quicker than most because I wanted to enroll uh, that January to be there for a full year and get to know the guys and win the locker room and be there for spring ball and all that. And at the time, Pitt was uh, at the time Pitt had the number one offense in the country. They were a top 25 team. They were coming off a big year where they beat Clemson. It was like James Conner and Nate Peterman. They had former transfer quarterback. So at the time, it uh, it felt like the perfect fit. And uh, actually, rocking the T-shirt just uh, got to have a workout. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> So that's another big, that's a big choice you made. And you took that upon, you did that yourself again. So no, Yep. you owned it. Uh, uh, I would say this time, I mean, I, obviously my parents were there and stuff like that. This time my parents really took a backseat. And at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of a grown man. I was 21, 22 years old and uh, was well-versed in the, in the scene. And I wasn't really a kid anymore, but my older brother helped me out a lot. Uh, he was in the LA area, so... Like I said, it was weird. Like I was had my apartment at, at, at SC and then would take, I had an in-home visit with Pitt uh, as a SC enrolled student, which was kind of goofy. And he was out here and helped me a bunch. But uh, yeah, that process, I mean, I, I leaned on my high school coach, both uh, 
when I was a high school recruit and then also in the transfer process because he still has his connections and whatnot. And the transfer process is really kind of uncharted territory. So uh, I was well equipped to take it on, but uh, it's definitely a daunting task uh, for sure. Okay. So, so you made the switch. You, you, you went to Pitt. You enrolled. Um, through all this, you still have school. So yeah. it's not, it wasn't just about football. It was about school school as well. So did how was that going? While yeah, football yeah. Stuff school was was, yeah, school was great throughout it all. Uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm I'm not like a, a bookworm or anything, but I'm, I'm a guy that kind of puts in the time to to have success and get it done. And like I said, I, I graduated high school uh, early, so that gave me a, a head start academically as well. I was I got a full semester and a summer under my belt, so I actually graduated college in three years. So I I graduated in uh, December of 20. Uh, 15. So I could have transferred. I could have grad transferred at the very beginning of my redshirt junior year, which is a lot faster than most guys can. Uh, we saw it this year a little bit with like a Joe Burrow, but even him, like I, I was a semester uh, bumped up uh, uh, than him. And that's kind of the beauty of graduating early. And as a college football player, they pay for summer school. So you can really use the system. And uh, so that was good. And then um, all the while when I went to Pitt, got my master's in marketing there, it was a year long nice. program. And then I also got my uh, MBA from SC as well. So I really kind of use the program to my advantage. And uh, I talk about it uh, a good amount. I'm not a guy that's like, sure, I, I enjoy learning and kind of what, what comes with that. But it's I'm not a guy that's super eager to go to school. I just knew the system and I knew that if they were paying for my school, might as well make the most of it. And now sitting at 25 with an athletic career that didn't work out professionally, uh, I'm definitely thankful I did that. And you just led me into my next question. So you transferred over to Pitt, and you um, you're coming into training camp. Uh, could you take us through those those games ultimately before you you, um, you had your injury? Yeah. So uh, both my redshirt junior year and my redshirt senior year, both times had opportunities to play. Uh, we had very tough uh, schedules to start the year, and uh, with Pitt, it was. We opened up against Youngstown State, which is one of the best uh, D1AA programs in the country. So, yes, they're a D1AA program, but uh, when you're breaking in a new offense, it's not the easiest game. But uh, we escaped with a win there in overtime. Uh, we're kind of just getting used to things, but got the win. Uh, and then the, our next game was against Penn State. Uh, and Penn State, I didn't play well. Um, there was, uh, I guess... I shouldn't short myself that much. There was like two throws I wish I could have back, or really one throw I wish I could have back. And uh, when it comes to that, uh, when, it, when it results in an interception and those are kind of the plays that you, you latch on to, uh, that wasn't good. But uh, we lost 21-31, I think it was. Uh, put up some, some decent numbers, but like I said, those few throws I wish I could have back. And then the next game after that was Oklahoma State. Both teams were top 10 teams. Both, both have uh, NFL talent that we know today. And we got the doors blown off us. Uh, offense wasn't moving, so I actually got benched after the Oklahoma State game uh, once again after the third game of the year, which uh, was tough, but I had been down that road before. And then uh, we went down to Georgia Tech, uh, and offense, once again, with our backup, wasn't really moving. And so they said, well, that didn't really work, so let's put Brown back in. Uh, and I started the next game and uh, was, was pretty much lights out, was ACC Offensive Player of the Week, or, yeah, ACC Offensive Player of the Week, we got the win, um, 
and then the following week played a good Syracuse team, a Syracuse team that uh, ended up beating Clemson that year uh, and was playing well. It was a good, good game. And then in the third quarter, I got sacked, uh, was gearing up to throw a uh, fade route down the left-hand sideline. And uh, Alton Robinson, who's uh, actually coming in the draft this year, was coming off the uh, right edge and pinned my shoulder up, up against here. And I tore the labrum in my right shoulder. And ultimately, that was, uh, that was it for me. I would train for the next year and a half uh, to try to give an NFL opportunity. But uh, really, that was it. And so, uh, yeah, it was uh, not, not, uh, not, not, not the best season for sure. So you, you went, I know this myself because I saw your, a video of you, you went to an NFL uh, tryout. Mm-hmm. I when, did, yeah. So, yeah. When did you realize that uh, it just wasn't meant to be? It wasn't going to happen? Yeah, I think looking back, uh, the, the doubt probably really probably started to creep in kind of right when I had the injury. I mean, everyone always says, hey, no doubts, no doubts, no doubts. But I think when it was my right shoulder – and just kind of how my playing career had kind of played out, just the fact that I, I didn't have film and it was going to be such an uphill battle from there. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I, I knew the odds were stacked up against me right then, but when you're in it, yeah, you, you don't lose faith. And I worked back and, and tried to make things happen. But uh, I remember my surgeon basically said, hey, you'll be back in kind of eight or nine months, which looking back was crazy. There was no way I was coming back. But when that eight or nine months happened and it was basically kind of July of that next year and I still did not feel great and I still was not really close to playing in a real life football game. That's when I really started to kind of have some concerns. And um, I, 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 I trained for, the, for another like six months after that. But that was kind of the point. It was also the point because I was invited to five or six NFL rookie mini camps, but obviously couldn't play. And that was like May, June time frame. And so when that window passed and then July happened and that was kind of the, the nine month mark with my shoulder uh, and I wasn't ready by then, then I knew, hey, it was going to be tough and uh, uh, ended up having workouts like you referenced uh, that December with the Redskins and the Steelers. So about four or five months later uh, and I was able to throw and function and whatnot. But uh, when you're uh, an undrafted free agent, uh, you got to blow the doors off uh, for these scouts and uh, that. Well, I could hold my own. I, that that wasn't the case for me. And you just you decided that that was that was it for you. It wasn't you weren't going to keep uh, uh, tackling it. Per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So those workouts happened literally like the day before Christmas. That workout or two days technically, but those were like twenty second, twenty third. So uh, I did the workouts and. I, those workouts were awesome. I think. I mean, at the end of the day, it, I envisioned myself. Uh, being an NFL starting quarterback, but still having those workouts was cool. It's it's a it's a dream come true, and so that was exciting. Right that, at that point, and I was proud that I kind of had had made my way back. Uh, but then I kind of went home for Christmas and uh, stayed by my phone for a few weeks. Uh, went on a little vacation that I had planned months back, and then when I kind of got back and really set uh, resettled in things, and it was kind of mid January and. At that time, the AAF was rolling, uh, and I really hadn't got any traction with that league. And so I kind of waited until right about now, and literally kind of early February of last year, I really kind of sat down with myself and said, it's just not happening, and uh, not happening just because of my shoulder. But then that kind of drained into my my heart and my brain, and I felt like I, I genuinely had nothing left to give. And um, I talk about this a bunch on my on my social media, and uh, for, you, for your listeners, I'd encourage you to check it out. I've leaned into a lot of these subjects we're talking about. And 
there's always another rep, always another surgery, always another season and whatnot. But there's uh, the line I always use is I'm not, there's not another life. And uh, I really wasn't happy with where things were at. I was a guy that always kind of prided myself on not getting out work. So there was no regret or there was no, hey, I left this stone unturned. And so I walked the game. You better believe I was fired up and kind of pissed that things didn't work out. But uh, I left with, with, with peace, knowing that uh, I, I, I did my part and uh, things just didn't really work out. I mean, that's a great story. And we'll, we'll throw all your links up so people can take a look at you because I, I love all your stuff. Um, you stayed so positive. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great that's yeah. a great uh, story for other people. Yeah, I try to stay positive, but I also try to stay uh, realistic. And uh, some of my posts are, are, are pretty brutal, uh, but there's a positive undertone to it all just because, like I referenced, I just turned 25, got a lot of life ahead of me. But my story, I mean, uh, I, I, I tell it in kind of a lighthearted, positive manner, but a lot of those things, those are tough, tough times, and those are times where – uh, a, a lot of guys that have gone through, through something similar have gone down a different path, a, a path that's really altered their life in a negative way. You mentioned uh, th this podcast started with kind of talking about pressure and all that stuff and expectations. There's a lot of guys that, that struggle with that out there. And especially we live in a day and age where social media is front of mind and everyone knows every recruit in America and they really hype them up to uh, be way more than it was two decades ago. And uh, when things don't work out, that fall is really far and uh, is hard. I experienced that. And so, um, yeah, I try to lean into that and, and kind of uh, whether whether it's athletics, whether it's music, whether it's academics, whatever it is, uh, I think people can pull stuff from my story. And uh, it's it's been awesome kind of kind of sharing that and, and getting that feedback. So football is done. It was done. Um what did you do right after that? You were done with college. You graduated. Uh, where did you head from there work-wise? Yeah, so I basically uh, decided that football was going to hang up the cleats. And then a few days later, uh, about three or five days later, I uh, made a call. Had a had a contact that uh, was close with Gary V. Gainer, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, for, the, for your listeners. Uh, I was a Gary uh, Gary V fan. Sounds like you are as well. Uh, that whole fall of 2018, my morning ritual was make breakfast and then watch uh, watch his YouTube videos. And uh, I was really I, I became a fan probably a couple years before that. I really really gravitated towards his uh, optimistic kind of like we we're talking about optimistic undertone, but he keeps it real and it's blunt and it's not this whole life is all sunshine and rainbows. No, this life is is work, but it's, it's awesome. And we're blessed to be here and have a lot going for us. And I, I just love the way he talked. And I also loved his business mind as, as I was kind of transitioning into that world and transitioning into, into the content producing world. And uh, I just got to the point where I said, Hey, uh, I want to kind of shake up my life. I, I want to go work for him. I was sitting in Los Angeles at the time and uh, was like, Hey, can I go out and work for you? And I was fortunate to, to get an opportunity to go out there and Worked for minimum wage, but it was awesome. I was part of his team, uh, ended up being a part of his team for a, a full year, but really just packed up my bags once again, similar to, uh, to what I did a couple of years before going to Pittsburgh and uh, moved out to New York and uh, and, and just kind of made it happen. Could you tell us anything about that whole uh, – so I love Gary Vee, honestly. My son loves him. Um, is there anything that uh, we have misconceptions upon, uh, you know, everything that I see? I mean, he has so much content. Um, you work, yeah, you work, you work closely with them. No, Gary, Gary's awesome. And, uh, in terms of misconceptions, it, it's kind of, 
it's really hard just because he has so much content out there. Like what you're seeing in the content, that's him. I mean, you can't really hide when you're getting filmed seven hours a day. Uh, but as you know, and uh, as I'm sure if you're a, a listener who's a Gary Vee fan, Gary's a polarizing guy. And a lot of people push back. I have loved ones in my own circle that push back a little bit on kind of what he's about. But I always I always kind of say if you're pushing back on Gary, I don't think you're really listening to all of his content and his message. I think you're picking you're hearing just his tone and not his words, or you're only seeing certain bits and pieces here and there. Uh, and But Gary, he's got a huge heart. He's as generous as anyone I've seen. He's as hard as working of anyone I've seen. I mean, if not the hardest worker, uh, everything he says and preaches and does, it's real. And that guy's schedule is crazy. Uh, he's as busy as anyone I've ever met. Uh, I mean, you're talking about every... His shot, his every, his whole day is planned. Everything down to, hey, he has a six-minute shower or whatever it is. I mean, the guy's a machine, the guy's a beast, but it's all coming from a place of love. And I challenge you, if uh, if you don't like Gary, uh, give him another chance and really dive into his content because his content, I, I I have found in my personal life that a lot of people that do not like Gary are the exact people that need to hear Gary because I think a lot of his content uh, is. Uh, kind of directed at people that might be uh, living a life of, of uh, bitterness or regret or kind of shortchanging themselves and uh, could really use some of the messages that he preaches. Oh, absolutely. No, he's definitely helped me personally. Well, he doesn't know that, but he's helped me personally deal with um, anxiety or anxiety about people uh, hating and making comments on your social media posts. Um, there's, a lot totally. of, there's a lot of good things in there. Um you know, doing things without expectations is, is a big one. Uh, oh, not trying to do something. That's a huge one. I love that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so you're not there anymore. Um, did you decide to leave there to, to go full time into the into your broadcasting? Yes. So uh, I decided to leave in December. Uh, it was kind of for a couple of reasons. I, uh, New York had kind of run its course for me. Uh, I went out there and it was an awesome year long experience, but I have a serious girlfriend. We've been dating for uh, four years or so. So that whole time I was doing long distance once again. We did long distance during Pitt as well and some of the NFL draft training as well. So on just on a set, setting work aside on a personal level, I just wanted to get back to, to Southern California, closer to her. And uh, I think um, when I went out to New York, I kind of was like we kind of talked about. I was in a weird place mentally and not really sure where I wanted to go with life and was kind of a little uneasy with the fact that, I had hung up the cleats, and so uh, this past December, I was at peace with kind of where things were at, and didn't, and and really uh, just kind of wanted to go closer to fam family and friends and whatnot. Uh, but then when I left, I was hoping uh, I had this one job that I was hoping would uh, come to fruition early January. That hasn't happened. It's not the that hasn't worked out. It's just becoming a little bit delayed. So in the meantime, yes, I've been doing broadcasting full time for. For Sirius XM and a network called Stadium, doing some college football and uh, basketball stuff for them as well. So that's what it's turned into. But if I'm being honest, that was not the uh, that was not the uh, intended plan. And currently looking uh, for day jobs right now. What is your goal? Like, what's what's the uh, the ultimate job for you? What do you want to do? Yeah, I want to stay in the content and branding uh, space. If that uh, intersects with sports, that would be awesome. But uh, yeah, I know. Uh, if I know a lot of people kind of push back on the social media world, I really enjoy it. I think it's an incredible, incredible tool that we're, we're blessed to live in this age. And I think it's not slowing down anytime soon. So I definitely want to 
be in that space uh, and work with brands and kind of take what I learned at with working for Team Gary and just kind of the uh, whether you like Gary or not, you can't deny the fact that Gary's kind of leading the charge with social media and content production. And that's definitely uh, the world I want to stay in. Uh, but I, if I'm being honest, I mean, that was my first job. So there's still elements of me figuring it out a little bit. But uh, wanting to do that, wanting to stay in the business world, and then uh, my ultimate goal with college football or the broadcasting side is I'd love to call uh, big-time college football games at some point. But uh, as we all know, there's only 15 football weekends a year, so it's tough to make that full-time, full-time. But uh, I would love to uh, stay stay rolling with that every fall uh, when it comes around. Nice. So I just have a couple more questions that are just about you. No football. No business. I just want to get to know you, let your story out there. So what, what inspires you daily? Ooh, what inspires me? Um, I would say uh, whenever people ask me that, the word legacy kind of comes to mind. Uh, and it's kind of front of mind a lot with the news of Kobe Bryant and rest in peace. But I think when you look at a guy like that, uh, we all have a life and we all die and people kind of move on with their lives. But uh, the ones that are able to leave a lasting impact and legacy and really making an impact in this world. That's something that I want to do. And I think when I get up, uh, that's what motivates me, whether it's my social media posts, whether it's my business work, whether it's my broadcasting, whether it's just how I, uh, when I run into someone at a Starbucks, just kind of what you are on a day-to-day basis. I think that, uh, that, uh, that, that matters to me and, and, and just trying to make the most of, uh, this one life we get is a kind of an internal sense that, uh, that drives me. Nice. What's the perfect day for you? You wake up and this is just going to be the perfect day. What's that look like? Perfect day for me, uh, probably a workout in the morning. I'm not going to say it's always the easiest thing, but it makes the rest of the day a lot better. Uh, perfect day, I do that. Um, let's see, maybe host a little radio show in the morning. And then, uh, I don't know. Um, from there, uh, I love my family and friends. So I guess uh, an awesome uh, an awesome lunch with uh, with family, friends, girlfriend, and whatnot. And then uh, from there, let's see, being in Southern California, maybe going to a sports bar or something with buddies and friends and whatnot and just kind of enjoying life and all that. That's probably the perfect day for me, if I'm being honest. But I also love the work. But uh, when you talk about the perfect day, I would say it's probably a, a work-free day, just enjoying it with friends and family. Nice. Um, if you could go back and change one thing, would you? And what would it be? I would not. Uh, I genuinely, genuinely would not. When I look back at my story at every step of the way, um, with information I had, I made the best decision uh, at each point of the way. I don't look back and say, ah, I wish I would have. Um, but if I had to like alter a couple things, I think uh, looking back, I was in a uh, quote-unquote kind of rush to transfer uh, to – get into a program in that spring ball. And I think I overestimated the impact of that factor and maybe underestimated the, the impact of uh, letting, when you let spring ball play out, you can got it, kind of get a clearer picture of where the program's at. And I think uh, it would have been interesting if I would have waited. I don't know if I would have ended up at Pitt. I don't regret it. It was an awesome experience, but uh, that is something I look back maybe a little bit, but genuinely, genuinely, uh, when I, I, I really – um, don't regret anything and felt like I had the conversations I needed to have. I think uh, maybe the better answer there is uh, I was I was hard on myself. I think uh, at times uh, 
I, I've been a guy that's that's self-motivated and whatnot, and that's always that's always great, and that's always a healthy mindset, or it's mostly a healthy mindset. But I think early on in my college career, that worked against me because uh, I, I was so serious and so intense, and I wouldn't say I was a robot necessarily, but uh, I was locked in, and I really treated every practice kind of like a game. And I think over the course of time, that kind of wore on me a little bit, and so I wish I would have. Uh, just kind of enjoyed things a little bit more and uh, not put so much pressure on myself if I had to do it over again. But the reality is uh, oftentimes that's what makes guys great and that's what gives guys success. So I don't totally regret it, but there's definitely uh, elements of that for sure. You might have just answered my last question, but uh, for somebody young, maybe they're they're a freshman in high school, they're, they're good at football, baseball, basketball, they're heading towards college. Um, what advice would you give them? Yeah. You're spot on. It's probably that. It's probably just enjoy it. Uh, and I, I think when I look back on my career, that's something like I, I truly when, when when guys would come back and kind of give advice, that's something they all like, I'm not the first guy to say that. And I always tried to listen and really embrace that and say, I'm going to enjoy it. But I think especially when the tough times come, it's really hard to. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it ends for everyone. And there's really only one Tom Brady out there. There's only, I mean, there, I guess there's just a couple. There's Patrick Mahomes, there's Aaron Rodgers, there's Tom Brady, but there are thousands and thousands of other guys that uh, don't make it. And it's not that me, I'm being negative, but I think uh, when you only get one shot at this, uh, stressing over the little things and kind of the what ifs and, and, and just kind of worrying in general, uh, it's, it's really not going to get you anywhere. And work hard, but also enjoy it and know that. Uh, it's, it's bigger than your sport. It's often a big time why, or a big reason why you have the relationships you do and the friendships you do, and uh, just try to enjoy it uh, to the most you can. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate it, Max. It was great to have you on. Of course. Is there anything else you want to say? Where, where can we find you at? I mean, I'll throw all your links up here. Um, anything else yeah. you want to add? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm active on social media, and I lean into a lot of the stuff that we talk about. But, yeah, you can find me on uh, – Instagram at Max Brown, Brown has an E at the end, on Twitter at Max Brown 4, Brown once again has an E in the end, and then uh, yeah, check uh, yeah check me out on Twitter, I usually post the work I'm doing there with the various networks, uh, and then hit me up on LinkedIn as well, I know that's how we originally linked up, and uh, I'm willing to connect with whoever, and uh, shoot me a DM if you're listening to this and have questions or whatever, but uh, no, this was awesome, Ryan, thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate it, thanks very much. We- Thanks, Max. That was great. Yeah. Hey, I, Thanks, I Ryan. This it. was awesome. You have a good. St- you should. You should think about writing a book. <laughs> I, I just. I don't. I, I have. I, I have. I, I, you do. You have. Sure, I. I. Sorry, I misspoke. I, I thought of it, uh, and I uh, went through phases of like jotting stuff down, but I've never, uh, never made the, the 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 true, true full effort. So no, you might, uh, you might uh, inspire me to do so. I just think it's a good. It's a good. Um, it's a good story for other people to hear, um, yeah. you know, because there's a struggle in there and then you know, you're just so positive about it. That's, that's a good thing. People would just wallow in, in an injury yeah. and they can't do what they want to do. And I think you said it in there that they would just go down a different, a different road, not a good road. Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, someday, uh, I'll do it someday and I'll have to, you'll be the first, first person I hit up. <laughs> cool. I appreciate there it. There you go. All right. Yep. Of course. Shoot me the links or whatever uh, when this stuff's live, and uh, I'll repost and whatnot. Cool. Yep. Thank you, man. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Bye, bye. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.